All right. So today we're going to do, we have a special session that we're doing where it's a retirement plan Q&A. And anyone that's been listening or been around us for a while now knows that uh, Matt Ruttenberg is sort of our go-to when it comes to anything retirement plan for businesses and, and, and things like that. So we brought Matt on, wanted to go through some uh, Q&A items that have come through. Uh, I know there's a lot of questions around retirement on both our free Facebook group, uh, part of our tax minimization program. We always kind of have questions that pop up with retirement. And so we just want to put some time away and just dedicate uh, an entire session where we're going to go through those questions. So um, again, we have Matt Ruttenberg from Life Inc. Retirement Services on to kind of start tackling these for us. So Matt, welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me on here. Um, feel free to ask me anything you have. Awesome. So let's go through, uh, as, as questions come through, we'll obviously be answering them as well. So if you if anything pops up, feel free to put in the Q&A session or the chat. Uh, but to kind of get started here, Matt, we'll, we'll start rolling with some questions that we have. Sure. The first one that kind of popped up here is, do you need an entity to have a 401k for a side business? No, no great question. Um, so the entity structure doesn't it's not the key driver on whether you can start a self-employed uh, retirement plan. So like a 401k SEP, it's how you're earning the income. Um, so technically, if you have this side business and you're just doing freelance work here and there, as long as you're filing with a Schedule C at the bare minimum, that's fine. Um, once you get into the S Corp, uh, how much you can contribute is dependent on what type of entity you've created. Um, and how it's calculated and so on and so forth. But to kind of keep it simple, no, you, you don't. You don't need to have the entity. You just have to have the self-employed income, um, which you would file as basically a Schedule C. Awesome. And, and just a follow up to that question, you know, wasn't asked, but just something that comes to mind that I think might be a question that people have is, if I have a rental property, so this would be more like a Schedule mm. E type activity. If I have a rental property, is that uh, something that that income from that, that maybe generating from that rental property can can I use a solo four hundred one k to against some of that income? Yeah, good question. And, and the answer is no. Um, you, the one you cannot use is Schedule E because it's passive income, right? So you can use Schedule C, W uh, two. So W two if you're an S corp and you're paying yourself a wage. Um, a K-1 uh, is another one, but you cannot use Schedule E, unfortunately, because that's considered passive income, not earned income. Yeah. And, and just so some know, you know, some things we talk about in our tax minimization program, when we're looking at strategies, you know, we see some clients that say, hey, I, funding that retirement account is really important to me, but maybe they just have a couple of rental properties and they really don't have any kind of other income that, that could help produce that retirement funding. And so that's where we might set up a, a management company of some sort where you're kind of using a management company to to uh, pay yourself and, and and thus being able to use uh, or have the opportunity to, to contribute to a retirement fund. Uh, traditionally, we're going to say if you're owning real estate, it doesn't make sense to try to move that into a, a, an ordinary income type phase because it is passive and it's much better tax treatment. Yeah. Uh, but the one time when we do say that, that makes sense is when it comes to some potentially retirement planning around it. So okay. if you want more information on that, we got some of that in our, in our program. Um, next question is, can I, or I want to switch from a simple IRA to a 401k. Can I do that? Yeah. So this actually came up quite a bit. Um, so with the simple IRA, so long story short, you cannot have more than one plan type in a given 
calendar year or, or fiscal year, depending on where you're at. So if you don't have a 1231 fiscal year, this, whatever that fiscal year uh, end counts for that. But so with a simple IRA, you know, the, a lot of people will graduate up to the 401k because of the contribution limits. Um, you, you just basically can do a lot more with a 401k than you can a simple IRA. Um, and the answer is no, you have to shut down the simple IRA in order to open up a 401k, but it has to be on the next calendar year. So 12 or January 1st, for example, would, is the most common. So if you want to switch, you have to shut it down. You have to notify your employees 60 days ahead of time. So that's November 1st ish, right? Then you have to start the 401k for January 1st of the following year. So, you know, the answer is no, you cannot just switch mid-year. Makes sense. Um, question here is, what's the maximum contribution that I can put into a 401k? Okay. Yeah. So, the 401k, um, what, it doesn't matter what type. So, there's solo 401k, also known as individual 401k, um, safe harbor, doesn't, group plan, solo plan, doesn't matter. They all have the same limits. So, it's, six, it's $61,000 total. Um, and part of that is split into two categories. So there's an employee contribution and then the employer contribution. So you as an employee of your own company, again, does not matter what type of entity structure you have. Um, that's $20,500 as an employee if you're under 50. And then you can add another $6,500 for this year as a catch-up if you're over 50 years old. Um, so 27 tops on the employee side. Now, for the employer side, you can get that up to 61000 So that would include a match, and that would include profit sharing. But the overall max is 61000 plus that $6,500 uh, catch-up contribution. So 67500 in a any 401k uh, that you have. Yeah. So even if you're an employee of somebody else, you still can do that max on the employee side of the 20005 the employer side, obviously, if this if you're not a business owner, which most people on here probably are, but if you're not a business owner, the match would just depend on kind of what your company offers. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can spread that twenty thousand five hundred. You can only do it once, but you can spread that out um, over as many plans as you want. So if you have two or three employers, or if you have your you know you have a day job, um, and then you create your own side company too, you can only hit that twenty thousand five hundred once. Um, but you can do the employer portion multiple times depending on control groups and things like that, which we can dive into later too, if you want. Okay. Um, another question I have here is I think I've heard you guys say the deadline to open and contribute the employee portion to a solo 401k is 1231. Uh, client CPA is telling me deadline is same as employer tax filing date. What am I misunderstanding? Can you point me to a source doc? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so in 2019, the Secure Act, um, and maybe that's a good uh, source for you if you just Google the Secure Act of 2019. And there's a lot to that act, but this is you know there's a lot more to the 401k world than even realized. But if you want, so for this year, let's use 2020. Let's use 2021 for example. Um, you would have had to open up if you want to. If you want to do that 20,500, which is the employee side of it, you would have had to open and contribute before 1231. There is some buffer because of payroll um, on there, but not much. Um, but 
you know, let's say you have not filed your taxes as of right now, you can still open the plan and contribute, but it's only for the employer side. So absolutely not on the employee side, the employer side. Yes. Um, you can still, and you can, you can, if you're, if the numbers line up, on how you calculate those contributions as an employer, you can still hit that 61,000 as an employer. Um, you know, it's not the, you know, it's not just 40, you know, it's not a dead straight 40,000 or 20,500 and the rest, which would be 40,500. You could do all of it as an employer, which would be kind of like a SEP, how SEP IRAs are calculated. Um, but you have up until the day you file, including extensions to, implement and contribute, but only as the employer. Okay. If I want to contribute to a solo 401k, but have employees, can I use another entity that I create that doesn't have employees and use the solo 401k in that entity? Okay. So it goes to that, what you were alluding to earlier in in one of the other questions. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of, there's a lot of gray area. The, The rules are black and white here, but there's also it's got some gray to it too. So if you own, it's called a controlled group. Uh, IRS rules are controlled. It's called a controlled group. And if you own, for example, a hundred percent of one company with employees, and you also own a hundred percent of a company without employees, you have to include both companies in the plan. Um, and, and, and basically it's, always going to lean towards the employee. Let's, let's just think about that way. So um, if you're, so the answer to that one would be a no, you cannot, you can't bypass the employee if they're full-time eligible employees. Um, You could open up one under the employee section, the one with the employees. And if you wanted to bypass the other one for any reason uh, that does not have employees, then you could do that, but they're always going to lean in these control groups towards the employees, um, to make it fair for them. Uh, the rule is 50%. If you own less than 50% of the other company of the, the one with the employees, then you could pull that off. Um, another one of those rules, not to get too far into the weeds here is let's say you have a day job. Um, you are not the employer. You're, you're not the owner of that company um, and you're maxing out your contributions and you create a side entity uh, or a side company to uh, just as a side hustle or a side gig, you can um, open up your own 401k for that as long as, because we already know you're not, you're less than 50% owner of the, of the day job, but you can't be opening that second company as a client, basically, for example, of your day job. If you're doing that and your sole business comes from your day job, that also is considered a control group and you cannot um, uh, bypass any employees and so on and so forth. Okay. And, and I would say, you know, this is this gets a little bit complex. And Matt, like Matt said, you know, sometimes there is some gray areas of percentages coming to play. What's the specific scenario? Um, reach out to Matt's team. I know we, we've personally had clients have gone through this discussion. Matt's team has has a good a lot of people on, on hand that can kind of help guide us through this question uh, and let us know kind of what, what's out there. So if you're in this a more uh, interesting predicament like this, I would say just take the time, find an expert that knows what they're doing and, and just make sure you do it right, have it documented. And then, you know, whatever the determination is, go forward with it from there. But that would be something that I would recommend just running past an expert before just kind of trying to DIY it or, or just going forward with it. 
Yeah, we talked to a lot of people who DIY it. And, and if, feel free, please reach out to me and just ask the question whether you're a client of ours or not. Um, just because it's 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 risky business if you're trying to bypass any employee whatsoever. Let's just double check it. At the end of the day, uh, an ERISA attorney is the one who's going to be deeming whether or not this is a control group. But um, we 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 know uh, we have a lot of knowledge, and I can kind of guide you, or someone on my team can guide you, no matter what. So don't feel don't be afraid to reach out. It doesn't matter. We're not gonna. Um, try to turn you into a client or anything. We just want to make sure you, Mike's uh, clientele and everything are put in the right direction. Yeah. And if you, if you want Matt's contact information, uh, it's in the show notes. We're going to have a link that you can do to uh, book a time or, or get connected with Matt. So just go there. Otherwise, Matt's from Life Inc. Retirement Services. Just do Matt Ruttenberg, Google Life Inc. Retirement Services, and you can find them that way. Yep. Um, another question we have here is, do I need to make retirement contributions before year end for it to count in that year? And so I think we kind of talked about this with that other question, um, at least on the employee side, but the employer side, there's potential to uh, to go past, right? Yeah. And just to add to that too. So the employee contribution, this is the 20500 that we kind of all know and love and have heard about before in the past. The You can do that portion with the Roth. Okay. So to, you know, we, that was a tax question, but it, it, that's for the Roth portion. Employer contribution are always pre-tax. So employees can be Roth. Employers are always pre-tax regardless of, of what you're doing on the employee side. Okay. Um, we have a question here is, can I do just employer contributions? So if I have a solo 401k for my business, can I do just employer contributions and no employee? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can do that. Um that, that kind of comes back to the point. Uh, I mean, it, basically a SEP IRA is an employer contribution. It is. It's all employer contributions. So with that, it's almost at the, if it's just a one-off year, yeah, let's do it within the side of the 401k because the 401k has so much more capabilities to being able to add one, the Roth option, but stack other kind of plans like defined benefits and cash balance plans on top of the 401k where you can't with the SEP, but they're, the, the employer portion of a 401k and a SEP IRA are calculated the same. So it's really, um, the difference is the employee portion. So if you're not going to do it, don't worry about the administration headaches and things like that. Just do the SEP. Okay. Have a little bit of a long question here. So we'll kind of walk through it. If you need me to repeat anything, just let me sure. know. But I have a very small neg- negligible 401k employee contribution for one company but that puts a dent in my 20,500 as an employee total, right? So that's a, that's kind of, I guess, first question on there. If they have a 401k with another employer or company that they're doing EE contributions, employee contributions, does that put a dent in the into the initial 20,500 that they can do across any plans? Yeah, so the 20,500 can only be hit once. Um, it can be spread amongst multiple plans, but you can only hit that 20,500 one time every year. Okay. So then they said, so for my solo 401k, from what I'm seeing, I could conceivably make up that difference as an employer in solo 401k, as long as my max solo isn't over the $61,000. Yeah. I, I, yes. So I'm, I'm wondering if that first part of the question might be asked a little bit differently then. So 
Uh, well, let's just kind of phrase it this way. So the answer is yes. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you can have, as long as you're not going over the 61,000, it doesn't matter um, uh, within the one plan. So let's say, for example, you only do 10,000 for some reason in the employee portion. You can you can offset that and put more into the employer portion. That's fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, and that's what kind of like the like I said, this is a long one. But the third one then says theoretically could do ten thousand employee oh. and fifty one thousand employer, et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> good guess. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Clarifying that in the employer portion is not maxed at the forty thousand five hundred. Makes total sense. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So. Uh, no, 40,500 is the number if you max out the employee portion employee. only. So you can go over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an LLC, am I able to transfer money into my SEP IRA at any time throughout the year? Yeah. 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 A lot of people just don't do that because um, prior to the SECURE Act, uh, and it, it doesn't matter, um, but prior to the SECURE Act, the SEP was the only plan available after 1231. Um, you had to implement and um, contribute to both employee and employer contributions prior to the SECURE Act of 2019. And so the SEP was the only option out there um, that you could do that, including extensions. So uh, now the 401ks are right in the mix. But yeah, anytime during the year on any type of contribution, you just have to make sure that you're not, um, you're, you kind of offset anything. And it's better to under contribute and then do a lump sum towards the end once you know your numbers. That's what I was going to say. You know, if you if you're like, well, I'm just going to max out my SEP or solo or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, but you still have limits uh, based on income that you're able to contribute to to those accounts. So you know, you can do it throughout the year, but all of a sudden you get to the end of the year and your income's not high enough for the contributions you made. Uh, there might be some backtracking at that point, right? Um. Question here says, anyone have a solo 401k? What's the max you can contribute as a business and deduct for 2022? I'm hearing 61,000 or 25% of your compensation, gross income, whichever is less. So 61,000, if you're assuming you're under 50 um, years old, and then 67,5 if you're over 50. Um, and then the 25% part of it, and this, this is the part where we were kind of talking about earlier about entity structure and, and so on and so forth. So if you are an S-corp and you're paying yourself a way, you, you, you're paying yourself, you're a W-2 of your own company, it's 25%. Um, and let me actually take a step back. So uh, if you're an S-corp and you're paying, let's say, for example, you pay yourself $100,000, let's just keep it simple. Um, you can do the 20500 as the employee of your own company. And then you can do 25% of that $100,000 salary on top of the uh, $20,500. So that's $45,500 if I do that quick math. Mm -hmm. Um, The SEP IRA is only the 25%. There is no $20,500. So that's a big difference there. Um, So uh, I think that answers their question, I believe. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of what you're alluding to in this next piece, the next question that they have here is we are an S corp with two part-time employees. We just did our pre-tax planning and need to find some deductions. Is there a recommended retirement plan? So S corp with two part-time employees, basically they're looking to, to 
set retirement plan is there a re- recommended one yeah so it, again the the go-to's are the set um and the solo foreign and the, or the solo foreign case so if you have part-time employees um which are considered below 1000 hours by the way um per year then the solo is absolutely the better of the two um it does you know there's some more administration uh needs in there too but you can you can hit that maximum number quicker with a solo 401k than you can a SEP the SEP um let's see, you'd have to have two i think it was $244,000 of um income to hit that $61,000 maximum contribution with a SEP whereas you only need a 160 five versus 166,000 or so of salary to hit the solo 401k max. So, and then you can add more things on top of the solo. So the solo 401k, if you're okay with um, doing the contributions or the administration piece of it, the solo 401k is absolutely the better of the two. And you can do that with part-time employees as long as they stay under the thousand hours and you don't have to contribute to their side if you don't want to. Right, right. And and which kind of brings up another topic here. So uh again, the Secure Act made it was it's the big it was the biggest change to the retirement plan space. Um probably maybe ever, honestly. Um and there's a new rule for part-time employees and this is going to kind of spark some attention, I think. Um so before it was part-time, if you're part-time you didn't have to offer it to them. Now it's there's a new part part-time rule where you do have to offer it to your part-time employees, but it's different. You can create different rules. So um, a thousand hours and up is considered full-time. A thousand hours to 500 is this new category that if you have um, employees who have hit that amount of hours for three consecutive years in a row, you then have to offer the 401k plan to them. You don't have to give them a match. You can create eligibility rules differently. You know, they have to be, uh, they have to be there for X amount of time and um, they have to be a certain age or something like that. But and you don't even have to give them a match. So that is absolutely um, a new rule. And we're actually in the third year. So we're just now kind of, we're waiting, we're still waiting on, on information from the IRS on how to get this implemented. But um, that is something new. You just have to give them access to it. Um, and again, you do not have to give them a match uh, or anything else like that. It's just giving them the ex- uh, access to a payroll deducted retirement option, which the IRS is absolutely pushing. The government in general is pushing people to save for retirement big time with all this Secure 2.0 Act that passed the House uh, recently too. Cool, and and I just want to kind of take go on a little side tangent there, which sparked an idea of a, a big something that comes up a lot is: Do I do a SEP IRA? Do I do a solo 401k? And this is mainly going to be for those people that don't have employees. And uh, I, I think the first question you have to ask is: One, how much money do you want to put towards retirement? If, if you're saying, hey, I only want to put $7,000 away or something like that, you're not looking at maximizing it as much as possible. Well, that changes the question a little bit. But if, if you come in and say, hey, I want to maximize my retirement as much as possible, uh, and I don't have any employees, should I do a SEP IRA and solo 401k? And so kind of as you were going through that, I was just running some numbers down. And 
for those that have listened to the podcast or us, we always talk about this idea of an S corporation and an S corporation. If you're making over $50,000 a year is more than likely a good option for you. Uh, but the problem with the S corporation is that we want to try to take as low as a salary as legally possible. And when we take a lower salary, what that does is it reduces the amount that we can put into uh, a retirement plan. And so that's where we kind of run into some issues. We're saying, okay, we go S corp, but now I'm limited on retirement. And that's where we kind of open up this door of, of a solo 401k versus a SEP IRA. So I did some quick numbers here. Let's assume that your reasonable salary in your business for what you were doing in your S corporation was $80,000. And if you wanted to max out retirement, if you go with a SEP IRA, and Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're limited to 25% of that salary as, a, as, a, as an S corporation with a SEP IRA. So right. 25% of 80,000 is, is 20 grand. Now, if we look at a solo 401k as an option, you can do 20,500 as an employee. So that's 20,500 off the bat, but then you also have that employer contribution, which is 25% of your salary of 80,000, which would be another $20,000. So just in that comparison, we're looking at if you do a SEP, the max you can do is 20,000. If you do a solo 401k, the max you can do now is 40,500. Yep. And so that's why we always say, you know, if you're really looking to max out retirement, definitely go towards that, that solo 401k. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a really more often than not, if we're looking at S corp, the solo uh, is the best, the, the solo 401k or 401k in general is absolutely better than a SEP IRA just because for the calculation purposes alone, um, which kind of brings up, you know, the first question, you know, how do you choose? There's so many options out there. We're, we, we've been talking about solo and SEP um, as the only option, but, you know, there's simple IRA too. There's a simple IRA. Um, you can just do a regular IRA. There's, we always start with, you know, what are your, what are your two, what, what's your motivator? Why, why are you starting a plan? And that kind of gets us into what type of bracket of plan. So, is it to recruit and retain high quality employees? Or are you trying to maximize your contributions and maximize your tax savings? Um, but if you're if you have no employees, that question goes out the door. We know what your priority is to save and save money on taxes and con contribute. The second question is how much do you want to save? Um, because that'll bring it down to probably one, maybe two plan types. Um, because really it's just how, how are things calculated? And sometimes, yes, you, there's administration costs to a 401k, but you know, the net is difference. You're always, you're always in the black because you, because you're able to save more with a 401k, for example, but sometimes a SEP or as simple is, is enough just because of the contribution limits. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even exact example, salary of eighty thousand dollars a year. If you say I only want to put ten thousand dollars away into retirement, well, we can go down that SEP route because you're allowed up to twenty, and, and so you might not even need to open up a solo in that scenario if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Or if you come in and say I only want to put three thousand dollars to retirement, well, then we might not even look at a retirement plan through the business and maybe just do a traditional IRA or something like that. So there is some flexibility in, in, you know, I think when, if you're a solo business owner, no employees, your question really comes down to is, is how much do you want to put away? And that's going to help determine your plan. Once you have employees, there's, there's more determinations to it, but I think that's probably one Absolutely. of the biggest questions. Yeah. And on, let's, let's use that example real quick. I, I ran some more numbers here. So, um, so $80,000 S corp. So step one, if you only want to do a few hundred dollars, just do a traditional IRA. 
it doesn't make why why get into the um the nuances of a self-employed retirement plan if you only want to do a couple hundred dollars start with a start with just a regular ira um if you want to do a sap like you said it was uh $20,000 right that's the that's the contribution mm-hmm. but if you want to do something in between that even um you could do a in this scenario it almost doesn't make sense but a simple ira maximum contribution for the same scenario is the $14,000 as an employee of your own company, right? So that's 14,000. And then there's a 3% match on top of that. So that's going to get you to 16,400 is your maximum in a simple IRA. If just for some reason you already had it open. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the SEP is the 20. There is no profit sharing or anything inside of a simple IRA. And then like you said, the 40,500 um, for the 401k. So you can see kind of how it steps up, 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 um, where that second question that we always ask kind of really backs you into the proper plan type. Makes sense. Uh, we have another question that came through again, kind of a longer one, but it says S corp owner, um, slash employee and 401k. So just kind of telling us what they, what they are. Um, question is what is the best way to minimize taxes? Should I put my desired employee contribution as part of payroll run or should this come out of my distribution? And it says, what is the max I can contribute in terms of my salary? Does it have to be relative to salary or can it include distributions? Um, okay, so S-Corp, right? Is that what you Yep, S-Corp, yep. Um, so the employee contribute. Um, when you're an S-Corp, everything is based on salary. Everything. So if you are an S corp and you're not paying salary, you have, you're not able, you are not eligible to contribute to a retirement plan at all. Um, So you have to pay yourself the salary. So the employee contributions always come out of payroll uh, or come through the payroll uh, as an employee. So if you're paying yourself that wage, you're going to net down what your take home is through the employee contribution. Right. Okay. So you're you're not taking home eighty thousand anymore because you're going to net down how much you're putting through. Um, then the employer contribution is always going to come out of the corporate account, basically. Um, and distributions. I think that was the second part of the question, right, Mike? Yeah. Does the distribution um, distributions don't count yep. towards the four hundred one k contribution? Um, you'd have like bonuses. Bonuses count. If you want to give yourself a bonus, but basically everything has to run through payroll. So a distribution does not count to kind of keep that short. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for a sole proprietor is the deadline for a simple IRA contributions, January 30th or April 15th. Read that one more time. I'm sorry. For a sole proprietor is the deadline for simple IRA contributions, January 30th or April 15th. Um, so simple IRA deadlines are 1231 for the employee portion, just like a, um, 401k, uh, but the employer portion you have up until April 15th. So basically that's the match. So not, not because you are the employer, but the employer contribution. So just because you're the employer of the company doesn't mean you give, you have an extended deadline. Because you are still acting, your employee contribution is January 31st, but then, or I'm sorry, December 31st, but then you have um, April 15th as the employer contribution. Okay. Uh, 
I think we kind of at least alluded to this or started with this one earlier, but the question is, I currently work for someone and have a 401k with them that I max out. I also own my own business. Can I also max out a solo 401k in my own business along with my regular W-2 employer? Yeah. So um, yeah, we, we kind of already talked about that, but um, just a few more points on that. Like I said, as long as you're not a control group, which most likely if you have the day job, you're not a control group, but you're maxing out at 20,500. And let's say your, your boss is real generous. Your employer is real generous and they're giving you the match and they're maxing out your employer. They're ma- they're maxing out like profit sharing. So you are absolutely touching every bit of the $61,000 of that contribution. You can still open up a solo 401k um, set by RA, your own retirement plan for your side business. And you can max out only the employer portion. So doing that, uh, again, you can't go over the 20,500 as the employee, but that'll get you over six digits of contributions um, doing something like that. It's a good, good way to do that. That's the, t- the tax code is built for uh, business owners for sure. So we're able to, um, they want you to contribute more. Yeah. I think we actually had that question pop up with a client of ours that, that had a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, question is, I over-contributed to my solo 401k. Do I just leave it or what happens? Um, so they over-contributed to the 401k. So I'm guessing they mean as uh, an employee of their own company, um, that just the over the 20,500. So um, just get it, get it fixed as fast as possible. Tell, talk to the administrator, um, try to get it fixed before April 15th, I think is the deadline now. So um, otherwise, if you don't, then you'll have, you have to take the money out and then you will have to pay the 10% penalty and the taxes that you owe on it. Um, if you're talking, uh, I assume that's whether, if they're talking about, um, in a sense where you have employees, so then the safe Harbor 401k for just, just a side note here is built. So the employer and the highly compensated employees can contribute as much as they want without worrying about the annual testing requirements to not to dive too deep into that. So basically you as the employer can put as much as you want to the maximum allowances without worrying about what your employees are contributing. If you don't do a safe harbor, which is a traditional or standard 401k, you can mold the plan however you want. You can create your own matching schedule, you can create your own vesting schedule, but you as the employer and your highly highly compensated employees, which can, you know, which is your spouse, your kids, um, certain relatives, and you are with you are held to 2% over what the average employee is doing, uh, eligible employee. So even with even including all the zero contribution limits. So if you go above and beyond that 2%, or um, there's a few other testing requirements in there too, but if you go over that, you will have to, you're going to get a check back at the end of the year because you went over that 2% because you failed one of the tests. It doesn't mean you're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, pay a fine or get slapped on the wrist by the way. It's just, you just get a check back. There's no penalty, nothing like that. It just means you have to maybe um, redesign the plan is a good idea, but there is no penalty. But the, on the other side of it, um, as an employee, yes, you you have to get that fixed quick. 
And, and same thing, kind of like that question earlier where they said, okay, can I contribute to my SEP IRA throughout the year? And now we're switching plans here, but let's look at a SEP IRA. Answer is yes. But what happens if they contribute 50% of, of their salary or income when they're only allowed 25? And that's where you're saying contact the administrator as soon as possible to get that money back that you over-contributed. Yeah. Otherwise, there'll be a penalty. Yep. Okay, so we have a question here. I have two small service-based businesses. They were both standard multi-member LLCs with three to four employees each last year. I'm trying to figure out the best structure. Should I do S-Corp election for both of these, or should I create an umbrella company that's an S-Corp with me as the only owner? Now, before we get into those questions, and that's kind of more of a not necessarily retirement plan question. Right. Um, do look at an episode that we did a couple weeks ago on how to structure multiple businesses. Um, I would never advise someone to ever have ownership in multiple S corporations. It's just unnecessary. So just a kind of a cliff note of what we talked about there. We know that we want anything that is ordinary income, any business that we're actively operating, participating in, we want that running you know, assuming you're making money and if you have multiple businesses, there probably is some cash coming through there. But if you're making over $50,000, we want that income running through an S corporation prior to touching you to help avoid self-employment taxes. So when you have multiple business entities, what we say is create one S corporation that you own 100% of. And that's going to be your S corporation that you do all your personal personal business activity through. And your ownership with those other entities is going to be through your S corporation. So that's even if you open up, let's say you have an S corporation, you have a laundromat and a dog grooming business. You would have your S corporation own that that laundromat, which could be a separate LLC, as well as that dog grooming business, which could be a separate LLC. Whether you're 100% owner of those other entities or you're a, a percentage, you would still always, anything you're operating in or normal operating business, you would have your ownership be through your S corporation. So the, the last thing I want to see is someone that has four different businesses. And because of that, they have four different L, uh, four different S corporations. That is you know, typically going to be more, more work than necessary. So that's just kind of that side note there. Uh, then the, the question then goes on to, if I do that, can I pay myself as a contractor through a 1099 into that S corporation? If I do that, can I set up a solo 401k or does that violate the non-discrimination clauses since I'm not quite ready to offer that to my employees. Yeah, you're a controlled group. The answer, yeah, so that is the definition of a controlled group. And that's why they created, that's the exact reason why they created the controlled groups. Um, so you are ownership of both entities, uh, 100% of each. Um, a lot of doctors do this where they'll create an entity, but they try to get, you know, they get paid through the LLC. Um, so it's where the answer, no, you cannot bypass the employee again. The control groups are built for the fairness of the employees, um, so they are always going to lean towards the employee. Yep, that makes sense. And just to kind of go back to your question there on how do you pay yourself for those other entities? Let's say it's that dog grooming business that's a separate LLC. It's owned 100% by your S corporation. That money that you transfer from that dog grooming business into your S corporation would not be a 1099. It would just be an owner's distribution. So typically, if, if you own that dog business and you personally are the owner and you want money out of that for to pay yourself, you would take money out and that's going to be considered an owner's distribution or an owner's draw. 
Same thing in this scenario, except you're not the owner anymore. The S corporation is the owner. So you transfer money from one of your businesses to your S corporation that owns that entity. It's just going to be an owner's draw from one or the other. And then at the end of the year, all the taxes are going to all get wrapped up into one tax return, which would be that S corporation. So like I said, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago on this specific topic, You know what to do if you have multiple businesses, how to set up that organizing. So check that out where we kind of dig a little bit deeper than, than where we want to go, especially on this retirement call. A solo 401k question. I have two separate businesses, an LLC and a sole prop. I am the sole owner and they are unrelated trades with no employees. I have a solo 401k set up for both companies. Can I take a loan on both accounts? Can I take a loan 50% up to 50K on both accounts or is the 50K combined total between the two? So I think they're talking about um, 401k loan on this scenario. So, so there's actually two, two separate companies with two separate, and, uh, and they own 100% of both. So, uh, so that's technically a controlled group. I, I, I that, ask the, talk to your, the custodian on that question, because um, it's, it's 50, it's supposed to be 50,000 total between the two, but if you are, so I'm going to lean towards the answer is uh, one, just one, uh, one total of 50,000, which I understand with the two. Uh, and, and the reason I'm hesitating on this is because there's really no reason to have two 401ks in that scenario. You can do uh, do the one, um, but you're a control group, right? So you you own both companies. So you, you can't double dip when you're, think, think about this. If you're a controlled group, it is one plan. You, you have to act under one plan. Um, so meaning you can't do the double dip on the employer side. You can only do it one time. So um, if you are a controlled group, you cannot have two 401ks. You can do, you can have two 401ks. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it, but you just can't do, um, you know, the, 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 the maximum contributions are still there. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like you have, like you have one. And that brings up a good question that kind of relates to this is most of the time when we talk about controlled groups, we're talking about businesses with employees. Mm-hmm. He's, this guy owns two businesses with no employees on either business, but it's still, now we're talking about con- controlled group because, you know, otherwise my thought process is, well, why not start break my company up into three separate companies? And now I can do a solo 401k in each, share my employee contribution is going to max out to 20,005, but I can do the remaining employer con- contribution on each separate company, no employees and so no controlled group issue. You're saying no, that's that obviously would not be work. So that's where controlled group, even though you have no employees, controlled group comes into plan there when we're talking about how much you can contribute to because it's, it's ownership. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, in, in the scenario, in that scenario, the best thing you can do is um, it, the best thing you can do is have a minority ownership in, in one or two or the, which kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, the revenue coming in. But, um, but yeah, it, it, the control group isn't just because employees are involved. We, like you said, we, a lot of times it comes into the conversation because we're trying to minimize the contributions towards the employees. Um, but if you're a control group, you're a control group, whether you have an employee or not. Yeah. And, and I would caveat this and, and Matt's coming on our tax minimization program to kind of discuss more advanced planning strategies for retirement when it comes to retirement. But if that's your intention to just max, max, max out retirement, uh, there's a way that you can do it. Even being a control group where you can do a defined benefit plan, you can do, you can add on to that solo 401k 
that you have set up so that you're not just stuck at that 61,000. There is more that you can do through some more advanced planning. Um, you just can't do it just by opening multiple solo 401ks across right. a control group. That's right. Uh, question here is, hi, I started a self-employed 401k for my individual private practice. I only have a few thousand dollars contributed. Am I exempt from filing form 5,500 since my assets are well below 250,000 or must I still file it since it's a self-employed 401k? Um, did, did you mention that there are employees or there are not? Did not mention if there's employees or okay. not. I'm, I'm assuming not because it says individual private practice, but... Okay, so let's just, I'll, I'll take it from both sides on that one, actually, I guess. So, yeah. so if you do not have employees, then 250,000 is, 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 the, is the point where you have to start um, filing the 5,500. So if you have employees, it's considered a group plan and you always have to file a 5,500. Um, it's just a short, is it a short 5,500 or is it a long form? And that's basically it. So 250, if you're solo, um, is the threshold. Okay. Um, I'm looking to open a solo 401k, Roth, solo Roth 401k, or a SEP IRA for myself, but I'm not sure what the best for me. Is there a general guideline I can follow to determine which one is best for my situation? I'm self-employed, want to save for retirement, preferably pay tax now and save later, which is a Roth. But the problem is I want to retire way earlier than 59. and seems like only pre-tax money can do something like a Roth conversion ladder and take out earlier. And should I do it under a sole prop S corp? I'm curious what the difference is between a solo 401k and a SEP IRA. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to that question, actually. Um, so the first of all, a SEP does not have Roth. It, there's no there's no Roth into a SEP. They actually they try they're trying to put that in there. I don't know how they're going to pull that off with the Secure 2.0 Act that passed the House. Still got to go past the Senate, but. Um, so with that being said, you have to do a 401k if you want, if you want it, if that's as simple as that, it's, it's, it's uh, the 401k. As far as retiring early, um, this is a big, big topic. I talk to a lot of people who want to retire early and, you know, there's a few things, there's a few ways to do this. Um, you know, there's the, first of all, in a Roth, the, the, the principle that you put into the Roth, you can touch at any time. You've already paid taxes on the principal. You can withdraw and use the principal of a Roth at any time. It's the growth that is tax deferred and you have to wait till you're 59 and a half or five years, whichever, whichever comes second. Um, but then there's something called the rule of 55, which is kind of somewhat unknown. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of there's a rules to this, but if you were to, if you wanted to retire at 55, and there's other ways to do it earlier than that, but at 55 years old, you can retire um, as long as you're withdrawing the money from your most current 401k plan, which is yours, just keep it in the 401k. Um, then you can actually start withdrawing money out of your 401k before 59 and a half. It's called the rule of 55. Um, there's also something called 72T, um, which is another uh I just code, but Mike, you might, you're probably aware of this, but um, it allows you to withdraw pre-tax money prior to 59 and a half as well. Uh, you have to follow certain, uh, certain schedule. It's kind of like the required, required minimum distribution schedule. If you retire 
in your past 72 years. It's similar. It's not the same calculation, obviously, because you're much younger, but that's something else you could do um, to help bypass that 10% early withdrawal penalty. Um, and then at the same time, sometimes the strategy is to not have all your money in a pre-tax bucket. Uh, it's really, really important to have um, you know, Roth pre-tax brokerage accounts um, because you don't want to have all your money taxable when you do retire because every time you need 10,000, you need to bump it up to 20, 22,000 or, or, or whatever. You have to ante up the taxes. So having that balance is really important when you're building these foreign Ks. And I, I would really love it if, if they came out with a Roth option for simple IRAs and SEP IRAs, but they just don't have that right now. So the only option for the Roth at this point um, is the 401k, which, you know, we could talk about mega backdoor Roth IRA strategies and things like that um, as well. If anybody has questions on that, we can touch on that too. Yeah. And and I would say too, you know, this is, it sounds like a pretty strong question here. We are looking to put maybe a significant <clears throat> amount of the way you have some early retirement uh, ideas or, or things like that. What I would say is just just reach out to Matt, reach out to a financial advisor, someone that can help you in this area. Um, you know, don't just start maxing out retirement accounts and then and then reaching out after the fact. You know, try to reach out ahead of time. Just have a game plan, understand what the laws are and what, what's possible out there. Um, and that just going to give you a, a much better ground to stand on as you as you kind of make yeah. the decisions on on where to put the money. Uh Looks like the final question that I have here, if anybody has additional questions, keep pumping them through. Uh, but question is for a solo 401k, is the company match portion subject to self-employment FICA taxes? And this is just kind of any 401k, I guess. Is the company match portion subject to self-employment tax and FICA tax? So um, so employer contributions, that's a no, that you, they're not subject to FICA tax. It's a straight deduction to the company. Yeah, obviously the employee portion would still be subject to that, that social security and Medicare. Um, and, and then also if, if it's a Roth, obviously it's not also reducing your taxable income either. Right. So, um, that's the questions that we have for today, Matt. I just want to say thanks again for, for jumping on. We have a ton of articles that we've done with Matt. We've had multiple podcasts we've done with Matt. So within the show notes, I'm going to put a link to areas where you can reach out to Matt if you're interested in contacting them. I'm going to have links to kind of uh, articles that we've did this year, a whole series we did last year, all about retirement. So if you say, you know, question pops up that you didn't answer, we might have answers for it somewhere around uh, in different articles. Otherwise, Matt's always willing to jump on, kind of discuss your Absolutely. situation and see how he can help out. So, uh, Matt, thanks again for, for jumping on this kind of Q&A session with us. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it.